diving in on episode four of Survivor 45. We're back in it. I just want to clarify that I know that that's not the proper, like, British in it, like, doesn't mean into it. In it. I just want to make it clear that I'm not culturally unaware. I've been mugged off by this episode. (laughs) Made me feel like a mug. Listen, a lot of chats were pulled. That's what Caleb did when he raided the Reba tribe last episode. He really was just pulling them for a chat. I pull you for a chat, love. They all were like, what the fuck? He's like, pull you for a chat, Drew. I really like you. You got good banter. Here's an advantage. (laughs) That was so funny. He gave him a rose. Like, that's what it was. Golden Bachelor who? Yeah, literally. Okay, every single thing that happened in this episode is coming back to me all at once. Let's just start from the beginning. Let's try and be chronological, as chronological as possible about this. I agree. So we come back from Tribal. Emily and Caleb have just pulled off the successful blindside of Sabaya, which... Still, once again, I think it's funny because they walked into that tribal expecting to go to rocks because they thought it was going to be their two votes against Sean and Sabaya's two votes. Mm-hmm. And then in actuality, it's like a much easier time for them because Sabaya doesn't like loses her vote, which no one could have ever <laughs> no one could have ever seen coming um, and just goes home. So like Emily and Caleb are probably like even more on cloud nine than they would have been because they were like, we didn't even have to go to rocks. Like It just everything worked out for us exactly and then okay this is the part that i always find annoying is when whenever someone does a blind side they have to come back and be like oh it was so hard for us and we hated to do it and blah 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 like to the person left out I'm like oh like i know you have to do that like i'm not holding this against caleb and emily but it's just like i hate that this is the culture we've created <laughs> like the whole song and dance to yeah. that point i agree i think it's like I think it's necessary for them to do that. But what annoys me within all that is when the person who like adjacently got bl- got blindsided, so Sean mm-hmm. comes back and is like, that was such a great move, guys. Like, oh my not God, at yeah. all. And actually, like, Sabaya like was controlling me and I had no say whatsoever. And like, Caleb, it was never like, I never wanted to vote you. And then Emily's like, oh, so you wanted to vote me? Like, but like, you know, and so Sean or whoever it is comes back and is like, you guys are so great because like, girl, I'd be seething. I would be seething. And I know they're seething on the inside because we see oh, those yeah. confessionals. And I'm like, you know what? And and someone like people have done this in the past few seasons. So I don't think it's like a foregone conclusion that you have to play nice. But I just like when people come back to camp and they're just real about it. And And what I will say about Emily and Caleb is that. Caleb at one point is like, let's like not talk about this right now. Like we should just go to bed, (laughs) which I think is the right move. Like just being like, let's just not even talk. Like let's simmer on this a minute. And then Sean's like, but I need to tell you how good of a move it is. And then I, I thought this was really funny. And just along with this entire social decorum that everyone clearly doesn't believe in, but feels like they have to say, at one point, I guess Emily was getting a little too, like, oh, yeah, we did it. And then Sean just goes, 
said something oh, i wish i could remember exactly what he said he was like let's not go that far or something like that or like he just kind of called it out a little bit but it was completely because he brought it up it just it just made me laugh i know that the edit has a lot to do with this because it's just like scene after scene of like sean talking during like almost a montage of him <laughs> but this really does go to show like you should shut up sometimes because you will put your foot in your mouth. Like when he says, Caleb, I never wanted to vote for you. There's a beat. And then Emily's like, oh, so you were going to vote for me. Like, it's like, shut up. Just shut up sometimes. Play the quiet game on Survivor. <laughs> First one out. Goes home. I was about to say, who do you think is the winner who played the quietest game? And then I remembered Alec Gabler and I wanted to be upset. <laughs> You just got gabled. You just got gablered. <laughs> so we come back. They do their song and dance as they must. We wake mm-hmm. up the next morning and Sean, clairvoyant Sean, literally says, the only thing that could save me right now is a swap. So we open up the next day. We're on the beach. What is there? Well, before we get to the swap... It's been a talk on Twitter lately, and I recognize that you have the thread muted. So this is me bringing you into the Twitterverse right now in Survivor. I appreciate curated Twitter content. I like when someone brings it to me on a silver platter. Like, you can't hear it, but I'm ringing my little bell, and I'm sitting in my fancy chair, and I'm getting fanned with palm fronds. And I'm saying, excuse me, bring me my Twitter discourse. And now you're here. And I'm, like, in a little, like, pompous jacket and frilly pants and I'm bowing and saying the Twitter discourse of the day is people saying why do other contestants have this grand show of emotions when a tribe that many of them have never met comes back and someone that they don't know has been voted out and they have like these grand reactions like that's what's been going on right now on Twitter is like every episode they're like why do these people like Seems so surprised that Sabaya got voted out, that Brandon got voted out, all this stuff. Like, that's a really funny thing to get your panties in a twist over. <laughs> like, I mean, I do get it because it, it, it makes sense for like a normal situation to not necessarily have a reaction, but you're on TV on a game show where every time you get voted out, you're closer to a million dollars. And if you do get voted out, you do not get a million dollars famously. So, sure, you're hungry, you're starved. Also, I think the boredom plays a lot into it. I would be so bored sitting on that beach for a lot of the day and finally something happens. Like, yeah, of course I'm going to have an emotional reaction to it. My brain is so deprived of anything happening. I think it's also like the delusions that they create on their beaches. I know if I were on that island, I would be creating a backstory for each and every person based on oh my the God. snippets of their character. Absolutely. It's so, like, in real life, just sitting anywhere, I'm like, hmm, let me figure out that person's whole life story, and you just sit there and do it for fun. Like, And they also have had, especially in the new era, they've actually had so many opportunities without merging to get to know each other across tribes with the journey so i don't think yeah. it's so crazy that they're having reactions as at people being voted out versus other seasons where the tribes have never interacted 
outside of a challenge and then they're just as flabbergasted at least in the new era it's like we have the journey and we have these other opportunities that people have been able like the whole point of the journey was like talk get to know one another those people obviously always bring it back to their tribe and like because as you said like they're starved they want crumbs they need the crumbs of everybody like they need content they need content we are consumers at heart so I don't think it's crazy I think it's funny, like you said, that this is what's going on, or at least part of it. And I am curating for you because there's a lot of garbage out there right now. But this was something that stuck out to me in I the appreciate. Twitterverse recently that I felt like you would want to know about. I do like it. I also, again, before we dive deep into the swap around, I have a question about the mechanics of it all. Like, do you think from before the season even started filming, it was their plan to have a swap at? whatever day this is or do you think they kind of have it ready on the fly for a situation where a tribe gets down to two maybe three people we haven't seen anyone go down to two people since denise and malcolm right wasn't it shannon ricard no did they get to two i thought it was just them i thought shan went out at or ricard went out at five are we dumb? Wait, what are you saying? Like when the entire tribe is just two people. Yeah, I think that the tribe, it went down to just Shan and Ricard. But then, yes, Ricard did get voted out of the final five. Oh, 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 oh. But when it got to just two people, they merged or something, right? I think that they they merged at two. Yes, I think they merged at two. I honestly, I'm not remembering. Um completely because 41 is just was a long I hate ago. to say the least memorable I, it's just that the most time has passed yeah but I thought it was Shannon Ricard because the other member okay pre-merge boots on that tribe were, were Brad it was the other young guy JD then it was the last three were Shan Ricard and Jeannie I think and then there was a fourth person who i'm not recalling but i think she was like first boot okay i i believe you i have zero recollection of anything to answer your question i'm more pulling from my knowledge of how the challenge works which is on a different network but it's all in like the same hemisphere of reality tv game show yeah they have to plan it all out like in advance and i think that this swap was planned and I think that Survivor producers and Jeff Probst, I think they're more tuned into what the fans are saying than maybe we think. And I do think that they knew there hadn't been a swap in a while. They'd heard the complaints about that. And I think they were like, 45 is a good time to throw the swap back in. So so personally, I think it was planned. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. That does make sense. And I kind of thought that too, just given the logistics, which makes it more clairvoyant of sean to wake up and just be going this is what i need it feels like this could happen because it almost felt a little staged like oh like of course they're gonna do this because there's only three people but yeah just given the reality of how much work goes into producing these kinds of shows it would be kind of crazy if they just had it as a floating deadline or target day i guess well and then even more staged is when the Lulu 3 all draw different uh -huh. colored buffs. <laughs> mm -hmm. Again, 
they had written names down on them they were like pick this buff well the second time this season jeff is just like laying on the beach kicking his feet up behind him just like squealing with joy like this is so this is better than they ever could have hoped for so true he's giggling like a schoolgirl. he's exactly he's teeing and he's so happy about this interesting swap breakdowns though it is remind me to ask you another question about like the more logistics of the swap but it fits chronologically after the immunity challenge okay but yes i want to know your thoughts on the breakdown because it's I don't know. It broke down kind of in a weird way. Yeah, it was two tribes had four and one. So one tribe being like four Bello, one Lulu, and then the other tribe being four Reba, one Lulu. And then the last tribe was two Reba, two Bello, and one Lulu. And we have Drew and Austin together. The Drew. Oh, yeah. The boys TM emoji. I thought that was super cool to see because it was like Reba. It got split right down there, like, two, two, mm-hmm. two. Which I think will make it even more interesting when eventually they do come back together, assuming all of those pairs make it through. Because they, they well, not obviously, but if they stick together, they'll be deeply entrenched to one another. So it'll be, this reminds me of our last week's conversation when we were talking about they are working as a collective group, but it does feel like they are pairs like they're in a bigger alliance, but they're in these tighter pairs that are just have a common goal at the current moment. Absolutely. And I do think this episode actually really highlighted Reba's dynamic as a whole tribe more than any other time this season. Cause once we like get to the beaches after the swap, we see so as the viewer, it's been very clear that it's as you said, like Drew and Austin and then Julie and D, and it's two tight twos coming to form a four and then J Maya and Sifu are on the outs and it was unclear if J Maya and Sifu had formed any sort of alliance or knew they were on the outs because frankly we had not seen them in the edit like we yep. they just were not in the episodes very and much and then it became so clear that they had not formed a bond <laughs> yeah then uh, then it was like oh you realize that J Maya thinks that it's a women's alliance on Reba and that Sifu's been at the bottom because of his little like idol hunts he's been doing. Yeah. I wonder what Jay thinks of the dynamic of Austin and Drew. Like, I wonder where she thinks that they fit into the dynamic of their tribe because at least when they swapped, it seemed very clear she thought it was like the women's alliance. My best guess would be she thinks they're a pair, but again, if she thinks the women's alliance is the number one then they're three on two. Oh, i i understand what you're saying yeah so she thinks it's the three women and then it doesn't matter if austin and drew are together because they still have the majority numbers because no one's working with sifu that's what i would think but like you said who knows also are we gonna hear sifu speak we did hear more of him this episode but i i'm hungry for sifu like, we got more about him, but still not really much of all of him talking for himself. My mouth is watering. Like, I, I need more <laughs> seafood bits because this man, we said it before, this is Coach Incarnate, down to the lack of self-awareness. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, my God. And can we talk about, they, oh, I need to see this pan out. 
but we learned that Jake has been doing Tai Chi since he was six, and he was so excited to see Sifu as a master instructor. Like, those guys are locked in on a literally spiritual level. That's crazy because I definitely missed in the episode where Jake said that he's done Tai Chi. But I do think that Jake got a a very interesting edit this episode. And he's reminding me a lot of Kane in a lot of ways. Where I'm just kind of like this guy. Like, I I think Jake is going to be like a mid-merge boot. I think he could be great. But I don't know if he'll get there. Like very Kane, where it's just yeah. like, dang, he was enjoyable. And even the way that Jake talked to Caleb and was like opening, like open to a relationship but not giving anything up, was so reminiscent of how Kane was talking to Carson when Carson got switched to his tribe, where Kane was like, I'm open to a relationship with him, but I can't give him all the cards. Like it was the same. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. To follow the true Kane blueprint, Jake has to take the fall for something that he really didn't even know was happening until the last second. (laughs) And it's probably going to be Bruce's fault. Oh, my God. Yes. I do think that Kane, not (laughs) I do think I do think that Jake, I think he got like an interesting perspective this episode where we see that he he really is open. And I think that makes a lot of sense given that his tribe has never, never been to tribal council. Yeah. So he's never actually had to draw a line in the sand. And from the previous episode in his conversation with Kendra, where like that still geeks me where she like had a conversation with him was like, wow, he's a person we could work together. I love that. That was so iconic. <laughs> It was so funny, but it really, like, made it clear that, like, he has just gotten, like, looped in with Bruce, probably because he laughed a little too hard at one of Bruce's jokes and Katora thought they were together. Yep. Which, can we speak on Katora and Bruce being together again? Had to happen. We need it. Really That's did. another, that is, once again, Jeff Probst, like, tittering. Took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> this is. We're this so is happy season to see where every, I feel like a lot of seasons nothing has happened in the way that anyone wanted it to in this season quite literally every single thing is working out better than anyone could have wanted it to this episode did feel very classic survivor i'll say like up until the last five minutes of it um which i don't want to get into yet but it felt very classic survivor yeah and i really enjoyed it very like following the framework but still not knowing yeah exactly what's gonna happen to go back to Katora and Bruce one Bruce's emotional reaction to being back on the Tika beach that's real that was very real it took me a second to realize what was happening and then because everyone else is like absolutely like cheering (laughs) this man just sits down and starts sobbing oh no, I, I really, really felt, felt for him. For him. I, I <laughs> yet again, me relating to survivors in kind of niche ways. I've also been in a situation where I've gotten extremely injured in a place and then had to return to it. And kind of one of those things where you either don't think about it or you think like, okay, like I'll be fine. Or like, it's not going to feel good, but like, whatever. And then you get there and then it actually is just like, oh, I'm going to sit down and cry. 
Yeah, so like puts really... you back in that like mindset and time when it happened. Which is exactly what he said. So that's I thought it made total sense. Exactly. And I'm I'm curious to see him progress further. Like just quite literally in every sense of it, because we haven't really seen him well, just granted his tribe in general, but we haven't really seen any strategy because they haven't necessarily had to. But especially from him, like we've only seen the very goofy edit portrayal. So it'd be curious to see a little more serious. I agree. From him. I agree. I actually was about to say that myself, where I think it provided a bit more dimension to the character he's been portraying to have this emotional moment. And I also yeah. loved that um, Katora was just unaffected. Right. Well, in the minute that he said something about the journey. She said, wait, 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 be quiet. Let Caleb, was it Caleb? No. Yeah, yeah. She oh, said, Ma- like, make Caleb talk about this first. Yes. It was so funny. She just told him to shut up. She's a lawyer, and the lawyer popped out. She really said, did. I am questioning the witness, your honor. Cross-examination. Shut up the audience. I need to hear what he says. Like, Which was really smart. And then... I feel like she almost looked a little sad when Caleb corroborated the story. <laughs> she absolutely wanted to catch Bruce in a lie. So funny. Survivor with a splash of Shonda Rhimes. Totally agree. I thought that was really, really fucking funny from Katora, but I also was like, bestie, be less severe. <laughs> I'm excited for Caleb. I think he really got very lucky with this in that basically fresh start for Lulu. I don't really know what I'm saying because we know what happened. So I'm not making a prediction, but good for Caleb for having something new. I will say, I think that hindsight's 2020, but if you were going to be swapped onto one of the four and one tribes, I would have wanted it to be Bello. Because we as the audience knew that there seemed to be a few more cracks there than in Reba. Definitely. And it seems like the cracks that are are present are just... Basically, Katora just really doesn't like Bruce. So it's just way easier to squeeze into that than the, sm- the like less deep cracks in other places. Like, it's... I'm parroting what you said. So, yes, I agree. <laughs> Last episode, we talked about how we thought that we actually really wanted Caleb to be swapped onto a tribe with Bruce and Katora because we thought that he could be the great mediator and because of how he um, helped Emily come across to the tribe better. And then it became so clear this episode that Caleb is once again a sly little dog. And he said, I am eating this up. He said, I'm at the water. I don't even need to go to the water. Well, I am quenched. They've been giving me this drama. Caleb is one of us. He is one of the girls. I don't know how (laughs) else to say this. It was so funny. He truly said that. And at the confessional, he was like, I'm just, I got my popcorn. I'm enjoying the show. Like, and he's, he's right. Like in Survivor, if people hate each other, that's great because they're you you are not in their front of mind like they don't have any thoughts about taking you out because they're just so focused on their personal island enemy i think i also liked how he very much let everybody come to him this time instead of holding court 
and pulling people <laughs> aside for a chat. And he got a lot of information. Um, and I loved that Katora saw Caleb going off with Bruce and Kelly and was like, Mm-mm, no, no, no way. Yeah, where does Kelly fall genuinely in all of this? Kelly gives a Sandra vibe to me where it's just kind of an anyone but me. Which, you know, historically has worked the most times for Sandra. So it really has. I mean, she says in this episode that it was a good idea that she was playing the middle because it didn't really matter who of her tribe she got swapped with. And she does get swapped away from her, what we see as her closest tribe mate, Brando. But she seems to be totally fine in the mix. And I just think it's really lucky that like she never had to... Like Reba and Bello before this swap are both lucky that they never had to go to tribal council. So there were never like lines drawn, especially for the few that are sitting in the middle. Because if Reba had ever gone to tribal before this swap, J. Maya would almost certainly know that she is not in a girl's alliance. Yeah, no. (laughs) Lulu really did so much work up until right now in the season in every single aspect of it. And I do think I have to give the editors their laurels for the fact that because of how the prior three episodes were shown to us, one, I felt well-fed. And I said this last pod, but like I'd seen almost a full season of Survivor with how much this tribe had been through. Mm -hmm. Because of their backstory, like the way that these contestants were swapped I was immediately able to see like all the possibilities like it was the numbers were in front of my head I was like seeing the mathematical possibilities and I was like this is amazing I've been set up so well yeah you were the lady like the the blonde woman with like the shocked expression doing math in the air exactly it was it was it was wonderful but is there is there anything else we need to talk about with Caleb and the Bellow tribe because I mean, with Kelly, honestly, like she hasn't done much, but I, I feel like she's like waiting in the wings. Yeah, it's one of those weird things that I do think people in the middle, it's it's very much to me like a double-edged sword where it's like, yes, it is a skill to play the middle. But then at the same time, whenever it comes down to like a side having to win over their vote, they're always like, I am so good. I am so smart. I played the middle. Now everybody wants me. And at the same time, I'm just kind of like, but like they don't want you for you they just want your vote and then you're going to be at the bottom of a three like circumstantially you are a hot commodity it's not necessarily literally you just being so so good and it that sounds really pessimistic and like i'm hating on kelly's game right now um and i'm i'm not i don't mean to be as negative as i think i'm sounding about it but i just want I'm always wary to fully give all the credit to the person in the middle when it to me is much more like the people on either side almost hold the same amount, if not more power in a weird way. What I feel like I can get out of what you're saying is that it's actually quite difficult and we don't see very often a successful middle play because I think if you were to quote unquote, like play the middle successfully, it's what the Tika three did where they were more than one person I think I guess what I'm trying to say is I I see what you're saying when it comes down to like one person I feel like if you are one person playing the middle it 99% of the time is not going to work out 
But if yeah. you can be a small group, then you have a little bit, little bit more leverage and you can, they still just want you for your vote. But then you can actually, yeah, like, you have yeah, a have little more bit more force with it. Exactly. So I think, I think it's just more a sense of it's quite hard to play the middle and win and many people attempt it and it works out for them for a while but really all that means is no one had their focus on them and the second that the focus gets put on them they crumble right because you don't have as deep a relationship with everybody but we will see we will see should we get into the challenge yeah, let's do it because I don't remember seeing some. I, we've seen stuff like this before, but we haven't seen this challenge before. This was crazy. All I could think about was those hamster balls where you like they're full spheres that they just can run around free roam in. Like, that's what this was to me. <laughs> this was so I was like, damn, these cages look heavy as hell. Oh, also, my God. I was surprised no one was drowning. Yeah. I guess it was shallow enough. Like when they got to the cage, I think they could stand. I also will say, I think that we saw a bit, we saw before the challenge, just to go back slightly, Mm -hmm. and then we'll get into it. We see before the challenge in the Reba tribe that Sean is making a bunch of um, social bonds with people, and it seems to be working out well. And Jay Maya immediately is like, I love this man. I want him. Yeah. We can be besties. And I really liked that for her because we haven't seen a ton from her. And I also felt it immediately with her and Sean. I was like, I see them together. This yeah. is a duo that could work. Within that, though, she goes to D and Julie. And she's like, let's keep Sean. Let's get rid of Sifu. And, and Julie is very pragmatic in that regardless of how much she thinks that Sifu is a wild child. She's like, we look at our tribe. Like, we need strength. And ultimately, she's proven right in the challenge. Yeah, because there were multiple times where it looked like Sifu was lifting that entire cage by himself. Yes. Without him, they yeah. would still be in the water. Isn't that what she said? Maybe. Maybe I thought that was an original thought and then it wasn't. No, I thought it was just like a really funny, intelligent callback. Oh, I definitely thought i thought of that but um that happens to me all the time where someone says something to me a day before and then i forget they say it and i think it's an original thought it's all good it's all good we're all just mirrors of each other we really we live in a society of mirrors if you will we live in a society what's the um like the classic image like of the surveillance state like the spinning eye in the center of like a giant prison yeah exactly that but then everyone's holding a mirror really makes you think this is a really deep podcast (laughs) as deep Uh, in the water as they would have been without sifu no literally okay i felt so that was i thought this was a fun challenge to watch it looked hard as hell i felt really bad for um was it bellow like they just couldn't get their cage lined up correctly or was that reba I think it was both. Honestly, I think it was both of them. I think that they both had a hard time. I feel no, like no, all but there three was the tries. one. No, no, there was the one where, like, when they had to line it up on like that corner piece on the sand to then start digging. Jeff kept being like, oh, "You got to get it like right over here." No, like right over here. 
they like keep turning like they were there but like they just didn't get the corners lined up in the way that it was supposed it just seemed like they didn't understand where it was supposed to go i think it was bellow i think i'm pretty sure it was that before the challenge yes it did because before the challenge i thought to myself i was like okay which tribe do i want to lose and i came up with that I wanted Reba to lose. And this isn't because I dislike anybody on this new Reba tribe, but simply that all of my faves are on the other two tribes. So I was like, Reba has the most people that I would be willing to lose on it. Mm-hmm. Mostly just due to like, we haven't seen them in confessionals. Right. Cause like, this is all, all we are doing is watching a TV show 90 minutes a week. Like I only know of you, what they show of us. And the exactly. fact is we had barely seen J. Maya. We had barely seen Sifu. We'd mostly just seen D's big toe. We hadn't seen much of Julie. And like, we know Sean. So it was just the most people where I was like, I don't have strong feelings towards you. So I hope you guys lose. And I think, so the reason I think it was the Bellow tribe that you're talking about is I do remember feeling in the challenge at one point that happened and I was like worried. Right. No. Okay. Yeah. And I, I thinking back, I really do think it was blue. What if we... What if you could vote out D, but like her big toe gets to stay? D's big toe for the winner of Survivor. I like it. I think it could be an improvement upon other winners that have happened in the past. Well, if we didn't know Caleb was a hooper before this episode and his like constant references to various basketball teams, I think we know now. No, that was the thing. The minute we turned on this podcast, I was like, I can't stop thinking about caleb being an absolute baller and if the nba is not paying attention they need to tune in they need to clock in this man has been shooting threes for multiple episodes in a row now and his field goal percentage is going crazy field goal that's what it's called when it's from far away that's football because a field goal is three points in football as well is it really in basketball also called that? Yeah, I think so. I guess just called a three pointer. No, but like it can be also called a field like a field goal, like average. I'm looking this Wait, up. wait, can we can we bring in a can we bring in an expert? Yeah. Vladislav, get over here. Vlad, in basketball, is it called a field goal when somebody shoots a three pointer? Let's hear his way in. I think a field goal is just come to the mic. A field goal is just when anyone takes a shot of any kind. That's silly, but I was correct because three point shots do fall under the scope of any shot. Are field goals three points? They can be, but they can also be two points. Okay, I hate football. This is basketball. Are we talking about basketball or are we talking about football? Because in, in football, they're three points. I was asking about in football specifically. Oh, that was unclear to me. I no, understand football, it's only now. three points. Two points is a safety. But in basketball, you have like your field goal percentage, which is like your basically your shooting accuracy. Okay. You know, and, and I don't know anything about field points or goals. Um, I play You soccer. don't know about fields? You don't know I know about, about fields, grass. man. <laughs> I know a lot about fields, actually. Um, you know, I play a lot of soccer, not to brag, but do you not know well. about Just, fields? Play the, the kink dating app? I guess not dating, maybe, but no, I have never heard of that. 
Okay, well, that's a fun little adventure for everyone that was unaware of that to go Google later. Jeff Probst, get on field. I think he is. There's something about that man. Do you think he's on Raya? Stop. <laughs> um, Everyone boost this pod so that we're famous enough to get on Raya and then we'll find Jeff. Okay, okay. Back. Sorry, to, back to the challenge. Back to the challenge. Caleb going crazy. Caleb going crazy. I don't know that there's a ton to say about the new Bellow tribe with the 2-2 split and Emily. I feel like we didn't see Brando or Kendra talking to Emily, so we don't know that they pitched her. Like, all we see is Austin and Drew pitching her and, like, her really, like, showing that how much she, like, listened and has learned from this experience in one week with this new group of people where even where drew is like she's actually a wonderful woman yeah well and she seems really she does seem genuinely very excited to work with the two of them I, i'm wondering if especially with drew she's connecting on kind of that nerdier side of things do you think she'll connect with drew but then do you think she'll connect with basile who's basile Basile, it's his alter ego, his last oh, name. Shit. Sorry. Sorry, Drew. I just I've only seen Drew. Um, you know what? I think if Basile or Facile ever gets out on the island, I think Emily's learned to be open, to listen, to accept, and she'll be first in line for that alliance. I mean, I honestly think that Emily is way more like Emily. There's an Emily and then there's a Flippin' than there is a Drew and there's a Basile. Like, she really (laughs) is the one here with multitudes. There's two wolves inside you. (laughs) Straight up. But I, yeah, so we don't even see, though, Kendra and Brando link up and try and talk to Emily. So I don't know. I don't bummer. even feel like I can take I can like make a judgment here because yes, I think like ultimately she would vibe more with Austin and Drew, but like we just don't even like see that at all. Yeah, no, right, I we don't even see you. like her with Kendra and Brando. Um I just want to see more of Brando. I do too. He's so like sweet. I also want to see more of Kendra. Like both of them are very intriguing to me. Yeah, for sure. But I just don't have a ton to say on that dynamic because I feel like it's very clear cut that like she's in a wonderful position and that she got pulled in and she like came off great. Like there's not a ton to say there. Exactly. I think you've summed it up very well. Um, So this is the question I wanted to ask or just talk about earlier. So we had posed the query earlier on our pod, I think last week, but maybe even the week before where we talked about if there was a tribe swap what happens to the supplies at that camp and we specifically Thank you so talked much for about this up yep and we specifically talked about what happens with the fire situation and we learned that lulu still wasn't going to have any flint unless they won this challenge even though it was a majority new tribe so i thought that was i just i don't know what you would do as a producer so i'm not saying this is the wrong choice but it does feel a little crazy to basically completely punish those four people for something they had no control over but at the same time that is 100 life and that is very much in line with the game of survivor 
but it was just very funny to realize that oh my god and then bruce did the thing where he pretended like he lost it for a long time (laughs) i would have killed him i feel like there it went on too long yeah but then they made fire and everyone was happy the end my two takeaways on that are that like yes i was very curious to see that and from what we can see it seems like the rule is that supplies whatever it may be fishing gear flint it stays at the beach so it's tied to a beach so it doesn't matter if you move beaches your supplies even if your like entire tribe were to swap beaches you don't get to take it which works out now because caleb stole the fishing gear so now they have fire and fishing gear will they make use of it we'll see but and then my second takeaway yes was that it was really funny to watch because we see that we do see this in each of the three tribes we see emily caleb and sean watch their tribe make fire and i kind of love how none of them tried to be like hey like let me have a go yeah (laughs) let me try at the flint like they were like yeah y'all got this survivor like passenger princess but whatever the survivor equivalent is i just thought that was funny i don't know why i it is I, they really were just like make me some fire but i'm not even <laughs> i like i'm not even gonna try like i know i can't do it you guys have been making fire yeah well and i think it's a bit poetic in a way that the beaches just own whatever's there like at a really broad level it's the earth is dominant and the earth owns and controls all so this is very um Gaia perspective of survivor and I personally enjoy that (laughs) yeah I'm definitely like into that and it makes a lot of sense we had theorized a lot of different options last podcast on what they could do moving forward with this tribe swap but I'm not mad about this choice and I think the whole point of a of a swap and the fact that you know being swap screwed is something that could happen in survivor just goes back to like hammer home the point that jeff actually makes in tribal council which is that no one wins the game of survivor without a little bit of luck mm-hmm. no i completely i agree with you and i also think like i don't think there's any option that is completely quote-unquote fair and as much as this sucks it also feels the most fair out of the options there was a part of me that really like felt like I was on Lulu this episode (laughs) and got like a perverse enjoyment over Reba having their flint taken away and I was like yeah how does it feel except for like Sean obviously I was like I'm really sorry Sean that was funny when they like go back to the beach and Sean is just like yep going to tribal no fire like that like gta means like oh shit here we go again like <laughs> that's what it felt like absolutely well and like let's i feel like we've been moving through the episode um let, let's talk leading up to tribal i think we get mm-hmm. the most words from sifu ever and honestly like five i'm i'm, I'm kind of loving these little bits of sifu we hear him, you know, talking to Sean, Sean kind of being like, is there a play here? Sifu being like, no, we're going to vote you out. And <laughs> we also get a prolonged shot of Sifu playing 
metallic air guitar on a machete on the machete and J Maya or maybe it's D like really just giving him the bare minimum of encouragement of like mm, yeah cool <laughs> that was really funny I forgot that happened as someone whose pet peeve is men men or women but like specifically men taking out guitars at inopportune moments and being like let me play something for you this would make me want to vote Sifu out in no uncertain terms like I cannot stand when somebody takes out a guitar a guitar and it is like everybody stop what they're doing and listen to me yeah no I get that I was I was recently at a um Halloween function and the house it was at like someone had a guitar that was just on a stand kind of in the corner in the living room and eventually this one kind of wasted drunk dude some like white fratty looking boy walks over and he starts just touching the guitar and then he slowly picks it up and he's just kind of rubbing it it's really weird and it's so funny to watch very sensual we, we all were just like it's happening it's happening the white frat boy is picking up the guitar. He's going to start playing Oasis. Everybody run for the hills. Like it was... <laughs> I completely feel you on that. It's it's only a matter of time. I also thought it was very funny when they gave the very half-hearted, like, yeah, Reba strong. But then they had this whole plan with Sean where they were telling him, like, yeah, we're going to totally fake it out. And at Tribal, we're going to have to really talk it up. But it's not the plan. Like, we're with you. And I thought that was... um. I felt like Julie did a good job of trying to manage the logistics of all of that. I feel like Julie is just like, she just doesn't take any shit. Yeah. I like what you said earlier. She's very pragmatic. She's very pragmatic. Like, I don't think she likes Sifu, but I think that she's able to look past her annoyance of someone to see their value in the game, which I was a little disappointed to see J Maya so invested in Sifu and like not listening when D and Julie were both kind of like, eh, like, I really think she should have, I think J Maya should have pivoted at that point. Been like, okay, Sean, it's you and me. Let's figure something else out. Let's bring in Sifu. Let's tell him that they were saying that like, I think she should have pivoted. And I don't think she should have kept hammering home the point that it should be Sifu. And And then to not even vote Sifu. mm, Don't get me started. Oh my God. We, we must talk about the votes at tribal, but I did think it was just weird that she was so, it kind of felt like out of nowhere, she was so gung ho about him being this huge threat. And there's like, I just find it hard to believe that she really thinks he has the idol that deeply. I don't know. It just felt a little weird. I do think it's unclear if she actually thinks that or not. Like, of course we're like, cause she doesn't say it in a, I don't know if she says it in a confessional, like she's only saying it to D and Julie from what I remember so maybe in a confessional she's like yeah I know Sifu probably doesn't have the idol but I'm like using this to throw him under the bus which makes sense too but yeah well if you feel good to move on to tribal let's I was let's about to talk say tribal. let's let's get into tribal council ah! I want to scream I mean Sean the thing is I was really high on Sean and came out of nowhere that's how I feel. I felt fucking blindsided. So I'm like, maybe Sean is the best survivor player. <laughs> like, I'm he blindsided so me. Well, 
in a weird way, a testament to him being a good player. He was begging to go home and two people still didn't vote for him. No, only one person because he voted D. Oh. Oh, that's who voted D? Yes. He it was like a throwaway vote. I think because he knew that no one else was going to vote D and he it's against the rules to vote for yourself. Okay. Interesting. Man, I was like, wow, who voted D? This is going to cause some real drama on the next episode. (laughs) No, it was Sean. He man, I was I was eating up tribal. And like, frankly, with Sean, like I really felt like he was still playing i literally feel like he was playing survivor so hard until the exact moment when he's like vote me out like and i think it like turned then yeah it was like yeah i think blindside is the best word for it because if there was a storyline of him like realizing he felt homesick or felt like he really just needed to be home for all the reasons that he was talking about i i don't know i felt like they would have shown that beforehand i and jeff I, looked really shocked yeah i don't think it i think it would have come up like with hannah we see it mm-hmm. before tribal frankly like i kind of feel like his decision was an amalgamation of so i will say this is also coming from i read his dalton ross interview okay so i have a little bit more context on the decision than what we just see in the episode and what he attributes to the actual like main cause of wanting to go home is that he felt like he wanted to come up onto survivor to make up for lost time when he was living in the mormon church and like not living his truth and when he got to survivor he realized that like that's not really an attainable hope like you can't reclaim lost time or slash he felt like the best way to reclaim that lost time is to be with his husband at home versus beyond survivor. But I swear to God, if I had been there, if I had been J Maya, if his little ass had turned to me and said, vote me out, I would have throttled him. I would have grabbed him by the collar and I would have been like, be fucking for real. Like you don't actually like, that's what I was screaming. My TV is like, Unlike Hannah, where I was like, that girl has conviction. Like, she wants to go. I did not feel that with him. I was, I, I like straight up would have grabbed him and I would have been like, no, like, you need to think about this. Like, shut the fuck up. No, yeah. I, like, I don't want to, it's one of those things where it's like, like, he has very serious reasons for wanting to, like, in his words, like, make up time or recognizing, like, the best way to spend what time, like, he has now like that's all very deep and serious yeah and I don't want to necessarily invalidate that because I do think it's a really interesting thing to think about the whole idea of making up for lost time and I don't know it's certainly something I've thought about in a lot of different contexts but I go back to and I think this sounds really harsh and but like Survivor is 29 days like I I don't harsh (laughs) I like I don't know. That doesn't feel very long. No, I, 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 and I'm completely with you. I think he knew this going in. And and what I'm saying is like, I definitely don't, I don't think like I would have been like, oh, you're gonna make up for lost time. Cause I do think like the realization he came to was a true one. And I think it would have made it sweeter when he went home and was like, you know, being out here made me realize like all this stuff. 
But I really think if he had just stayed a little longer, he might have been able to realize that, like, yeah, that wasn't, like, going to be attainable on Survivor. But maybe, like, that's not his real Survivor dream. And if he had just, like, given it a bit more of a chance, he could have been able to see that there's something that's still going to be, like, deep about his experience that's, like, specifically rooted in Survivor. Like, maybe pushing yourself physically or having the wherewithal to play from the bottom as he was doing. And like, and and what honestly like makes this worse is that I truly do believe that Sean is a good survivor player. That whole tribe was going that he was not going home. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah. they were originally Reba strong. Mm -hmm. No, I'm with you. It's, it's sad to see someone who really was playing well, go, and it again, like I don't like obviously like we don't know him. I know nothing about the actual situation, but it does seem almost kind of like a brash. Not that those feelings weren't just hastily discovered or whatnot. It, like I don't know, almost like caught up in the emotion where it's like we've talked a lot about before. Like you don't, you can't truly know how you're going to feel until you're there and feeling it. But it does feel like he just took an extreme like reaction to this moment in his emotional journey, which is tough. Yeah, and I think part of it also could be that he, he had a really hard nine days. Um, he yeah. really did. And he said it himself, like, this isn't the survivor journey that anyone pictures for themselves. And I do like what I said before still stands and that's my perspective from somebody who's a spectator, but I will completely say like, there's a perspective of someone who's been out on the Island. That's completely different. I think so many people talk about like, this is why people who have been on survivor, like maybe you don't watch it for a couple of episodes. I've heard multiple people who have been on it be like, you know, it takes away from it when you see how the sausage is made. Mm -hmm. And so I totally get that. And obviously like, we're not going to like fully understand it. But I will just say, like, this is my perspective of it as someone watching it and, like, more from entertainment value and more just from, like, a place of disappointment where I'm, like, you could have gone far. But I do think part of the decision was made because he had been having such a hard time and then he had, like, this big realization that, like, Survivor wasn't going to, like, solve his trauma. Yeah. No, I think that all makes a lot of sense. And I'm I'm with you. Should but we Sean... what? Sorry, finish. Oh, I was gonna say, Sean, I was rooting for you. <laughs> we were all rooting for you. And with that, should we discuss our winners and losers of this episode? Yes, because but the very last thing I want to say is that I thought it was so fucking funny that D for some reason still votes Sifu. And then Sifu sees that and goes, Who voted Sifu? Why is he talking in the third person? It's a coach thing to do. He said, who voted Sifu? And I'm ready for Sifu to pop off. What if Sifu wins Survivor? I wouldn't even be mad. Like, honestly, like, his coach energy is so real. It's unnerving. He is a very genuine person. So who is your winner of the episode? You know, it's tough. Try to think of someone that I haven't. We haven't claimed as a winner yet to just kind of try and shake it up. Because I do feel like a lot of people had a 
good uh I don't know positioning this time Emily's up there Drew's up there again Drew's really staying at the top maybe I'll just brazenly go with Drew because he got lucky with the tribe swap which I mean he has no control over but he did get lucky and then he was able to seemingly successfully pull Emily into the fold so he'll have the majority on that tribe I think and like he said himself when they get back to being there for like Emily will make a great fifth person in that alliance and he feels like that'll be like a really strong position going into the merge so and that makes sense and that I'll just go with that that could actually also be good for Emily because like she could still be that swing vote between the two pairs of that Mm -hmm. four and she'd be with Austin and Drew so maybe they know that so yeah once again regrettably Drew Basile at the top (laughs) who's your winner my winner is Caleb I'm not even gonna try and be different like um he's winning he stays winning he stays hooping he stays winning he does stay winning he does I'm trying to think of my loser I have mine go for it I think it's Katora I'm not loving I'm not loving the one-dimensional edit that she's been getting this season I'm hoping to see more from her hate to be an edit reader but I'm like one-dimensional edit maybe kind of a lackluster boot I don't know and then I I just I don't I think that she's getting too far into this like hating Bruce thing I think it was cool and fun to see her like cut in with him but I don't think strategically it was a good move because like obviously it was like it was so brazen <laughs> like yeah it was clocked immediately and I think if their tribe had gone to tribal council it would have been her and like that would have been an easy vote for a lot of them and she doesn't have anyone on that tribe so Katora yeah it's interesting that's a good thought um I think I'm going to go J. Maya because she thought she had an ally and then her ally begged to go home. So. That's another good one. She's a delusional girl. She is a delulu girl. <laughs> yeah. It, her her probably closest alliance wannabe went home. She thinks she's in a woman's alliance, but the other two women clearly have other bigger, broader plans she's made her distaste for Sifu known which could come back to bite her either from Sifu like getting wind of that and figuring and like coming after her or the women that she's currently with cutting her loose because of that so I just was not a great episode for her yeah I can see that but overall, I really, really love this episode. I want to take the last five minutes of that episode as a separate entity. Because um, it was just such a <laughs> curveball. But like you said, it, that I think that, that was a really good way to put it. It totally feels very classic Survivor. And I think that's why it was just hitting all the points for me. Really hit different. It well, did. This season's been hitting different. It has been. I don't know. I don't know what's in the secret sauce, but I'm liking it. I'm drinking I'm the Kool-Aid. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> well, thank you everybody for tuning in once again. We really it's got been an in absolute. It. You go. <laughs> I said we really got in it. We really got in it, haven't we? Bit of a long chat, long good banter. <laughs> this is so bad. 
Well, it's been a pleasure, Lizard. Always a pleasure, Spike. And we'll see you next week. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.